welcome to Ridiculously Imperfect. I'm Emily. And I'm Kelsey. And we are here to share life stories while embracing our imperfections. Each episode, we dig deep into the highs and lows of life, tackling topics with authenticity and humor. Our stories are meant to be told, not buried. Join us in being ridiculously imperfect. And welcome to our podcast. So this is Emily kicking us off here. And I wanted to give some background as to how we got here today and how this beautiful journey went about for the both of us and why we're ultimately doing this. So seven years ago, I left my corporate insurance job to stay home full time. And in the last several years, I have felt such a stirring in my soul to find something creative and inspiring, hopefully for other people and just an outlet for me, but also an outlet for the good. And I wasn't really sure what that looked like. But a couple years ago, I decided I want to do a podcast, but I didn't verbalize that information to anyone, not even my husband. And about a year ago, he, my husband approached me, his name's Jacob. And he was like, you should start a podcast. You've got a lot to say. And, you know, not just because I talk a lot, but (laughs) in that he was just like, I think that might be what you're meant to do. And I told him, you know what, that's actually been on my heart for a while now. And I just have been a little paralyzed by the thought because, you know, it's a big risk. It's something unfamiliar to me. I would have to be learning all the things in order for this to take place. And I also knew I would want to do this as a partnership journey with somebody. So, again, that was about a year ago. And then earlier in the summer, this is a story for another time, but my one of my kitty cats, my favorite one, um, was stolen and (laughs) maybe not stolen, was driven halfway across the state of Kansas. And we are in the Kansas City metro area. So it's about three hours away from here. And so one summer morning, I woke up really early to retrieve my, you know, stolen cat, because I love him. And his name's Rooster, and he's adorable. We'll have to show a picture of him on the socials at some point. But so I go to save my cat, and I have six hours of just complete silence in my car, which was wonderful. And as a mom of three, I don't get a lot of that. And in that time, I was able to reflect and pray and think and all the things of help me find someone that could just link arms with me on this journey. What does that look like? And who could that be? And, you know, driving the three hours there, I was having a lot of that conversation in my head, talking to God, and then I get my beautiful kitty, get back in the car and drive back home. And it was just this amazing thing where it hit me. And I just saw Kelsey's face and she and I, we've been friends for years and she's just one of my dear, dear people in my life. But not only that, what's been really cool is she and I have had so many profound moments of the two of us sitting down with somebody and having authentic conversation. And there's been so many times where it was just, I walked away feeling like, gosh, that was so life-giving. And I think that was so intentional that we were meant to sit down with that person and talk. And it wasn't even something we designed. It just was something that happened. And so when I pictured her face in all those moments, I was like, Kelsey is my person. Like, she's my person, but she's also my person person. She's my podcast person. So 
I was like, okay, now I've got to talk to her. So that kind of leads to where Kelsey was at our house one day. It was a summer day. We were all just hanging outside. And our husbands were outside. Where were our kids? Were our kids there? Oh, they were in the pool. (laughs) I'm like, it it was just the coolest afternoon because we don't get a lot of time, the four of us, Mm -hmm. to just hang. And so kids were swimming. Obviously, they're supervised. I guess I should clarify that. (laughs) We did know where they were. They were in the pool. But I was like, okay, Kelsey, I've got this thing and it's kind of big, and and I just laid it all out there for her. So now I'm going to pass it over to her so she can. So I immediately had goosebumps because I had never shared with anybody um, that in all these situations and things I had gone through in my life, um, I had had this one question that I asked over and over, and I would always repeat God, what do you have for me in this, in this journey, in this hardship, even the triumphs? Like, what do you have for me in this? What do you have for me to learn? What can I share through this to help others? Um, and I recently, um, in 2019, yes, I got sick in December 2019. Hmm. Um, another story for another time. Um, and the year 2020, aside from COVID, was very difficult um, just in my health journey. And so that was a huge question that played over and over again in my head is, God, what do you have for me in this? And um, Emily was a huge part of that year for me, too, in pulling me through that and just being there. And the whole year was ridiculously imperfect in so many ways <laughs> because COVID was messy. My life was kind of turned upside down and was still trying to move forward, doing all the things, being a mom, a wife, a friend, um, and still feeling like God had more for me to use in that story. And so when she said, hey, you know, I really want you to come alongside me and do this, I was just like, yeah, I really think that is what God could be using. He was preparing that, like, for us as an outlet to use. Yeah. Um, totally out of my comfort zone. So <laughs> this is going to be a wild ride, but um, it will be great. I just think that we all have so much to share, and it's not an ordinary thing in this life to share stories openly and publicly so much um, outside of maybe just, you know, a few people um, or ever. Sometimes people don't ever share those stories. And I just feel like we are not, like we say, like they're not meant to be buried. They're meant to be shared because we can bring hope. Stories bring hope to people. They bring encouragement. They bring just wisdom. And I don't think God carries us through things um, or brings things to us from one to do alone. We're meant to do it in community. And two, so that not only can we learn from it, but we can help others from that too um, and whatever it was. So that brings us to today. Yeah. So then uh, it was funny because she, well, you, immediately asked you were like okay what what were you talk what were you thinking like topic wise and uh i am a very sarcastic person and i'm sure i made a joke but <laughs> um, uh, you'll get to learn a little bit more about me when it comes to that stuff but uh i told her i was just like everybody's got a story to tell 
whether or not they feel comfortable telling it or want to tell it. And especially in the last year with COVID, but even outside of that, where uh, just in the little bit that in my own journey of life and my tiny little social media account, and I share a story of something impactful that's happened to me. And I cannot tell you the number of people who have reached out to me and have been like, I'm going through the same thing, or I know someone going through this. Can I share this with them? That sort of thing. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, this is kind of cool. Like, it's the ripple effect of being authentic and brave and putting some stuff out there and seeing what sticks. So um, yeah, so we were able to, you know, we were completely on the same page as far as, yeah, let's just talk about life stories. And let's not, let's not aim for a specific audience. This isn't just for women. This isn't just for men. It's not just for adults. I mean, probably five-year-olds are not going to get a whole lot out of this. But this is just, we want it to be, we want this to be hopeful and helpful to anyone and everyone. And we certainly think that is a possibility here. But uh, we're just, we're so excited to start this journey. And it's very exciting. Uh, and we hope that as we continue these episodes that we can get participation from our listeners and whatever that looks like, if it's just a social media touch or even reaching out to us, or if you have topics in mind that you would like us to tap into, heck yeah, we want to we wanna hear it. We want to hear from you and do what we can with all of that. Yeah. If you want to share your story. Um, if you want us to share your story, I think sometimes too, um, there's so much value in just being heard. Yeah. And sometimes it's really scary to step out and put yourself out there to share your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. If But if it's something that you want to share or want to be heard, um, we'd love to share your story too. If, um, if it's not you sharing with us directly, um, we would love to do that too. Yes, absolutely. And I, I guess I should say that neither Kels or I have always been so like boldly authentic when it comes to sharing stuff in our lives. And, and at some point we will dive deeper into, uh, you know, childhood stuff, how each of us were raised, how we even met each other and all the things. But I just can say that there was a very big portion of my life that my hurts and my dreams were all kept in a little box in my mind. And, Sometimes they weren't even shared with my husband or my dear friends. Like, again, this, my dream of creating a podcast, which is crazy that it's, oh, it's here. But it just, we, we hope to encourage you to share with your people, share the hurts, share the hopes. Um, We, I have learned so much through doing that. And I know Kelsey has too. And, uh, I mean, we're we're both like different delightful onions that we have a lot of layers, <laughs> and then we but we don't smell bad. Yeah, no, at we least smell good. Yeah, we might be from the Midwest, but we keep it clean. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but um, we just we have both been through specific things, and for us, we um, uh, two of our kids are adopted, and before that, we had a a pretty intense infertility journey, and. And learning through our infertility journey, we, and I didn't even know Kelsey back then, but we kept all the hurt and pain to ourselves as a couple. We didn't even talk to family about it because all of our family around us was getting pregnant right and left. And then the few friends we did have were also getting pregnant. (laughs) And we just felt like 
these are our hurts. Why would we ever burden somebody else with our hurts? And why would we tell them this story? Is it just for sympathy? And that's just a really convoluted perspective that we had at that point in time. But then it was just like one day we talked and we're like, you know what? Let's just share with the world that we are going to adopt. And what is that going to look like for us? And it was so amazing uh, just the that specific choice, what it's transformed into now, because here as of today, I know my husband and I, um, either both of us or individually have mentored or met with, what is it, like over 50 couples who have been interested in an adoption. And that That's would have so never cool. happened if we didn't make that choice to share our hurts and our hopes with people. Right. So we hope that this will be very encouraging to everyone listening. And uh, like Kelsey said, if you do reach a point where you're like, you want to, you just want to hear your story told and your story shared, we are your ladies for that. We would love to be able to help you out with that. Yeah. Ridiculously imperfect is like a way of life. It's just a way... It's really the only way to describe us. Yes. <laughs> we run quite the chaotic uh, show around here. But, I mean, life is messy. There's the good, the bad, the ugly, um, the beautiful, the redeeming things. And it's all perfectly designed by the one and only. And so we just pray that through sharing our stories that all the glory goes to God. And, um, we receive healing too. I just, I'm looking forward to sharing stories and things I think will be healing for us. Hopefully bring hope to others. Just, Mm -hmm. I know when you hear other stories, you're like, man, I'm not alone. And I think that's so important too, that people know that you're not alone. There are people that want to hear your story. There are people that are there to listen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we're going to dig up some stories (laughs) so now that we've kind of established how we started and came to be today we want to talk about girlfriends and wowza (laughs) (laughs) the good the bad and the ugly yeah yeah and what's so interesting about kelsey and i I don't know if interesting is the right word or if it's just flat out sad i don't know (laughs) but she and i individually had pretty similar journeys when it came to girlfriends and women, like women trusting women, women supporting women. And not to say that we don't both have dear friends from childhood, high school, college, because we both absolutely do. But as a whole, I was pretty jaded leaving high school when it came to women. And I know that that affected a lot of the choices I made. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was pretty similar for you. Yeah. I just felt alone, I guess. I don't know if alone is the right word. Um, that I just didn't understand, you know, you hear people about these, like, lifetime friends and all that. That you would, like, you could share everything with and they truly cared and they could share wisdom with you and be there through all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I hadn't found that yet. And I think I had got to a place where I didn't believe that it existed. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a very small town as well. So it is kind of funny. We grew up in very, very similar 
like surroundings per se, mm-hmm. um, small towns and um, I had great friends and everything growing up, but always wondered what that looked like and hoped and I think yearned for deep inside. It was something that I needed, mm-hmm. um, but I hadn't found it yet. And with each different type of relationship, friendship with um, women I'd had through high school and college and um, after was still searching for that and just always felt like there has to be more to this. Like I haven't found my people yet, you know, like what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, we found um, my husband and I, the year that we got married, found a church that we called, um, decided to make our church home. And we didn't know anybody when we moved to Kansas city. And that's, uh, is where we met all of our friends and learned about community and what it kind of looked like to do life with other people. And then kind of started looking around like people actually do care about us. You know, they're not just yeah. there to do things with, but they actually care and yeah. want to know and help you, you know, through all of those life things. And I think that was the first vision that I got that, this really does exist. And um, then when I met my people, my crew that I have now, um, I just am so thankful because I can still feel that pain of when there wasn't anybody, there wasn't those people there. Um, And so how much that means to me and my husband, my family, um, it's just been awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I, um, what's funny is last night, Kelsey and I, as, and this is a fair warning to anyone going to, into business with your friends. Every time you set a business meeting, you are not going to talk about business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you need to like maybe have a timer or a buzzer like in Taboo where we can just like, we're, we're getting off the rails here. But yesterday, our husbands got to have a fun day and they went to watch the Chiefs beat the Browns. And so Kelsey came over with the kids and we're like, oh, in theory, this is going to be great. The kids will play with each other. I mean, they all love each other dearly. And we can chat business logistics. And how much time do you think we actually spent talking last night about the logistics of business? Well, according to the guys, four minutes. (laughs) And we had spent about six hours together. so, so the business yeah. meeting didn't actually start till they returned from the game. Yeah, that's true. And they entered our podcast room yes. and took a seat on the couch. They did. And yeah. we really wish we would have been rolling. Yes. And just recording at that time. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of good topics and things to come from that itself. Oh, man. Yeah. And it was just, it was so great. We really should have been rolling. But even prior to that, uh, I was telling Kelsey this story of how, I mean, really how she became one of the people that I just came to and came to love and was like, oh my gosh, you're like, you're like just one of my people. But so what what was really cool was um, we also came to the same church, which she had mentioned earlier. It was several years after them though. And at that point in time, my husband and I were desperate for (laughs) friends, uh, like couple friends and whatever that looked like. We, we just didn't really have a lot. And it's not that we didn't have friends. It's just like, as far as 
living life in community, like that part of like the weekly touch point and whatever that looked like, like there, that just wasn't really there outside of our family. And we were relatively new at the church and it was mother's day. And I <laughs> will, we'll open this wound a little bit later, but I lost my mom when I was in high school and she got sick when I was seven. So I have clearly have a mom wound and I've worked through a lot of that and I'm at peace with it. And I'm definitely not angry or any of that anymore. But it was a Mother's Day that there was just some missteps taken at home, and I felt very hurt and upset. And so one of our our mutual friends, Chelsea, uh, she knew that that was a rough day for me, and I didn't even know her that well at the time. And she was like, hey, let's go see this movie. Um, I wanted to say Bad Moms, but it wasn't Bad Moms. It was, <laughs> that, um, would that would have been perfect. <laughs> perfect for Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. <laughs> what was the movie? Uh, Mom's Night Out. Was that oh, it? Yeah. Was it that movie? Okay. See, now yes, I'm like. It was Mom's, it was Mom's Night, Night Out. Out. Okay. Yeah. So then. And I was in such a <laughs> bad place. I cried. <laughs> oh, and I think it's a like comedy. It is. It is. It's supposed to provide levity. So Chelsea um, says, hey, let's go to a movie. And so I meet her there and I don't know if you two drove together or like arrived at the same time, but uh, out walks Kelsey too. And I, you know, just the whole, like all of my women friendships wound too, of not uh, just, that's the place I was in. You're like three and, is not a good yeah. number. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, so you bought, brought your best friend and then didn't tell me. And then now I'm going to sit and watch a movie and I'm already having a terrible day on Mother's Day and my mom's dead and I'm upset and my husband hurt my feelings. And, and now I'm going to sit here with my, these two best friends and I'm a third wheel. Like I've always felt like my whole life, like, you know, just the whole spiral. Like we all do it. I mean, I, maybe we don't. Emily does. <laughs> so we all do it. <laughs> so I was telling Kelsey this last night and obviously she was there. So she knows parts of the story she doesn't know that my mind was just on a complete bender my memory is also (laughs) not very good and i'm not that old but this is just something you'll get to learn (laughs) so great so i told her how all of that happening by number one chelsea even inviting me to a movie and we we were friends but weren't super close and then she brings along kelsey like chelsea was the crux of meeting you mm-hmm. and and something we also talked about last night was Chelsea you're a really good connector if you're ever listening to this but she's just a good identifier of people and connectedness and soul like like-minded souls or not even like-minded but just like souls that would click like that she's that's yeah. one of her giftings in life is she's a good connector and people person and like that's what has been the part of creating this beautiful friendship today and now partnership where we like four minutes talk about business, <laughs> but <laughs> it was just such a fun chat last night going through the history piece there that there's a re- very real chance like our church is big enough and obviously our community in the Kansas City Metro is big enough that had she not been intentional in introducing us, right? there's a good chance that we would just be like the the people you pass by and you wave and you're friendly with. And you're like, oh, hey, that's a cute family and all of that. But it's it's not we really never get out of our comfort zone. Right. To like come up and yeah. Yeah. So that's what's really cool about that. And I, I mean, ultimately, what I would love to share with people is that 
I think inherently all women want women friends. Yes. And need. Right. And I don't, I know there was a time in my life where I would not have admitted that. I would have been like, I've always had more guy friends than girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And then that's a weird transition when you get married because you're totally okay with it as a female because that's the life you've known and it's not weird. And then you're married to this guy who is, you know, in essence, your best friend. But then there's like, wait, why do you have so many guy friends? Like, it's because that's my life and that's okay. Right. So there's just, I don't know. Like, why do you think... Why do you think women are so quick to distrust other women? Oh, that's a tough one. I think because we all desire and need the same thing. Mm. And I think the human aspect of us, there's always a piece of like competition per yeah. se, subconsciously whether you admit it or not um and that's just i think from our world like we compare um and we're quick to want something that somebody else has yeah right and i think just um i already forgot what your question was <laughs> <laughs> guys i'm not kidding <laughs> um <laughs> But I think it's just hard. And I and then, too, I feel like um, I had a great core group of friends in high school. And I grew up in a small town. And so um, it's also weird talking about these things now because we have girls now that are growing up in this day and age. Yep. Um, and sons. But it's totally different. Mm-hmm. But I think back then, um, in, with girls in general, there's always maybe some – bit of drama, right? Or just competition or whatnot. Um, and I think back then you're just young too. And you just don't really know. You think mm-hmm. you know what friendship is. And we were great friends to one another. But as you grow up and um, just within, there's this desire and this need to but there's more. There's got to be something more to this. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think we both experienced that where we had people that were friends or good friends, mm-hmm. but the depth wasn't there. Yeah. And whether we were ready for it at the time or not, I think you feel it inside. Um, for the others, we can't speak for them, but um, it just never went there. Mm-hmm. And so I think, too, the difference. Well, for us, we had that prayer all along. Like, God, I we need people. And we talk about that now um, that we had prayed for these friends that we would do life with. And in a small town, I remember watching my parents. I mean, I grew up with their best friends. And we would gather. And it was a community. Mm-hmm. And their friends would watch our kids. And we're doing that now. And that is something I prayed for and I wanted for my kids and for my family. Um, and we found that. And so I think I just have this passion to share that story itself because um, there's a lot of hurt that comes along the way in friendships. Yeah. And now as we, with girlfriends especially, and I think we tend 
tended to move towards guys because it was just easier. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I My best friend my senior year of high school was a guy. And um, it was just easier. Mm-hmm. There was no competition. It was just open um, conversation. You understood each other. You know, you didn't. It was just easy. Yeah. And I think then after that, um, and the hurt then that I had experienced from my girlfriends, um, you build up walls. Yeah. And then you move to college and you're, it's a different stage of life. You know, things mm-hmm. look different. Um, there's different opportunities. You have more freedom. And you're like trying to figure out what this life thing is, right? But you still know, wait, I need that friend. Like, I need that type of relationship. It's just not there yet. Mm-hmm. And... Um, now we have that and I'm just excited to, yeah, share that. I'm blessed by it. Um, it's something that I pray that we can instill in our kids, um, Mm -hmm. that it is out there and that one day, like your people will come. Right. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that all those people that you meet throughout your life and those relationships and friendships and the girlfriends that you have aren't those people. Right. Right. Yeah. But because those relationships are still just as important. Right. But, um, there is a, just a depth to it that, you know, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah. I, so to that point on social media last week um this woman i grew up with in my hometown uh i don't even think we actually went to high school at the same time uh she posted this article about uh, I, i can't even remember the title but it was something about being ghosted by a girlfriend And, like, have you ever had a girlfriend completely drop you? And I'm, like, jumping up and down, like, that's me. That's me. (laughs) More than once. (laughs) Like, And it's such a hard thing to work through. It's very isolating. Um, We don't need to dive into all how deep the hurt of all of that was for me and how much that really, really affected me for quite a while. But I almost reached out to her. And I really wish I would have, and maybe I still will. But I wanted to tell her, you know what? Yeah, people have done that to me. But at the same time, I've had to let go of friends, Mm. female friends. And the thing that I have come into adulthood, like not into, further into adulthood, because I am, I'm no like 21 year old here, Um, but something that I came to learn through both therapy and just self-reflection was that if I, so, you know, the person who dumped me, if I ever made them feel the way that, you know, person, if I ever made person A feel the way that person C made me feel, and let's say in this scenario, I'm person B. So, you know, person C really, really hurt me. And it was like, probably unforgivable, or it was very clear that this was not a strong female friendship. And it was either narcissistic or unhealthy. I One girl in college, like I was at a point where I was so desperate for friends that I was such a shadow of myself because I, it was very unhealthy for me because I just so desperately 
was mm-hmm. like, I want to hit the reset button on friendships with females and I want to do right by them this time because I definitely made my fair share of mistakes, like big mistakes. So my thought process was if this is how person C made me feel this way and I'm person B. Well, as person B, if I ever made person A feel that same way, even if it was for completely different reasons or the scenario was totally different, but the ends, the end result was the same in that I hurt them in a way or I was too heavy for them. Um, obviously not what the scale says, but, you know, maybe. <laughs> that's a joke. But That's, a, that's another day. Yeah, that's, that's another, another conversation. Day. Positive self-talk. We'll get there. Um, but that was just a big, it's been a big aha for me as a female who now has incredible female friends and incredible sisters and just a daughter that I'm just hoping feels empowered to be the same way, but it's what I, it's, it's okay to admit I might have been that unhealthy person in that relationship. Mm -hmm. I might have been the reason that I drove them away, but it's also okay if it had nothing to do with you. Cause there's a good chance that maybe it truly had nothing to do with you. Maybe there was something bigger at play there. Maybe it was more of a personal self-work issue. For that person. But I do know that as a woman, like women are so quick to not trust each other. They're so quick to throw each other under the bus, be judgmental of each other, compare themselves to each other. And if, you know, if we had a cure-all, I would love to just put a stop to that is for the sake of our girls. Right. uh, Kelsey has a fourth grader and I have a seventh grader as far as girls go. And Man, middle school is a different beast than I remember, <laughs> but it's just something where how can we help shape and form the next generation to not be so quick to be spiteful and nasty? Right. Because, I mean, there's a movie Mean Girls, I'm sure many of you, or if not all of you have seen it, but there's a lot of comedy in it and it's fun and it's funny and it's a little outrageous But then at the same point, the underlying message of Mean Girls is so true. Is so true. And I feel like even as a mom today, uh, not that I feel like anyone's directly mean to me, and maybe they are behind my back, but I, I see it in our society, in our community. And then you see it come out in these kids and the things that they say to each other. And how do we stop that? You know, how do we, it has it been so inherent for generations upon generations of women to just not, you know, live life aside each other and supportive of each other versus I'm going to be combative and hateful and angry and (laughs) compare myself to you. And then Uh, also compare myself to you in both ways. Like, oh, your life is so much better than mine or oh, my life is so much better than yours. That sort of stuff. Like, what what do we do with all of this? I think we talk about it. I mean, that's like a place to start. Like, we don't have to just continue to let it happen. And sometimes I feel like I over, not analyze, but from my fourth grader in like situations, I, you know, try to talk her through it. And then I think to myself afterwards, I'm like, okay, is that coming from my place in life now? <laughs> you know? And I, 
then I'm like, okay, but she has to go through these things. Like mm-hmm. I get that. And trying to get her to rationalize like, you know, these friends are great now, but they're not going to be there 20 years down the road. Right. Yeah. But then I have to, you know, Kelsey, that's, this is her present. And so this is just as important as the future. And so I think it's just a matter of empowering women, empowering our girls to just be good people. Mm-hmm. And to first and foremost, love themselves that no one else, whether a male friend or female friend, they would get their worth from their words. Mm-hmm. But their worth would come from um, who Jesus says they are, who they know them to be, you know, the morals that were instilling in them as parents. Um, and that we would just start there. And I think that conversation in our younger generation and just also – for us being there for other young girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not everyone might have somebody that could speak that into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being just a voice and even like our daughters can speak that. I just pray every morning, like God, just be a light in my child. Right. Like whatever that might look like that you can use um, through her to someone else. Yeah. Um, whether it's just being kind or saying hi yeah. or helping, you know, them pick something up or whatever. Um, we never know the weight that our actions and good words and good intentions mean to somebody else. Yeah. Um, so many times. Right. And so I think it's just a matter of getting, you know, just talking about it for one and then getting out of our comfort zone, which we talk about a lot. Like, mm-hmm. Had Chelsea not connected us, at what point would our paths have crossed? Would we have got out of our comfort zone to go up and and talk to one another? Um, What would that look like? I probably would have not come up and said hi to you. Yeah. (laughs) That was another fun thing we chatted about last night that I am – well, we we couldn't land on if it's an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. introvert. (laughs) But I am whatever – that is. And I, I'm i a very musical, theatrical person. I've been on stage since I was like five. But so being on stage, no big deal to me. I can sing. I can try to dance. I can uh, give an introduction to anybody. But then the second you put me in a one-on-one scenario to where I have to go, like, go greet someone, go say hello, go do all that stuff. I'm like, awkward, Emily. And then I say something uncomfortable and everyone shudders and it's weird. So <laughs> like, that's just, that's not, I I would not probably have ever done that. I Our feel like husbands would have brought it together. Yeah, that's true. They're very <laughs> extroverted, can meet a friend anywhere, like in the middle of a desert. They <laughs> would, <true. laughs> you know, befriend a frog or a turtle. Or <laughs> frogs live in the desert? No. <laughs> A turtle or I would imagine some type of frog lives in the desert. Crab or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as much as we're making fun, this is true. And I that needs to be a topic at some point is husband time. And as you get to know us and the men in our lives, it's uh there's a lot of stories. Like Brandon, he and his lawn care. It's that could be a podcast. So yes, maybe that could be like our side podcast day. is we right. can just 
take videos of him and narrate his thought process of yes. his absurd lawn care. I, their lawn is gorgeous. I, he, I'm not he is denying ridiculously that. Ridiculously imperfect. Yes. <laughs> like to a T. <laughs> so, anyways. Yes. Oh man. Um, so something else I wanted to mention too was uh when so my seventh grader, her name's Danica, when she was in second grade, she came home one day and she's like, Mom, so and so is just so beautiful. And she just flaunts her beauty and everyone thinks she's so beautiful and she's always looking in the mirror. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? tell me more. So she describes a little bit more. And I was like, why do you have a problem with her being satisfied with how she looks? How is that a reflection on you? And she said, well, she just behaves like she's more beautiful than everybody else. And I said, honestly, that sounds like a you issue. Like you're the one putting those thoughts in your mind that you're not as pretty as her. And I said, hey, if she's confident in her what she was given as a baby and now she's in a second grade. Like what, how does that affect you? And so obviously she's grown up a lot since then, but it was so mind blowing to me having this tiny little second grader saying all these negative self-talk things, but already being so pinned against another female in her class. Yeah. Other. Yeah. And for what I thought was a really dumb reason, like if I see a lady today looking in the mirror, I'm thinking, Oh gosh, I probably need to check my teeth too. (laughs) Like, It's not, it's never even a thought in my mind, but I think the other thing too, that I wasn't as good at then was validating her feelings. Cause now I know that a lot better to be better about that. Even if the feelings seem very, very ridiculous to me, but I, you know, retrospect should have done that. But for her, that was so real. And to that point where she just strongly had a dislike for this classmate because of that reason. And I just could not wrap my mind around it. And then it also made me take pause and like, what am I doing that's causing her? Like, is this a behavior she's witnessed from me? Is this a just something that was inherent to her? Like, what does that look like? And I do remember that year the teacher told me, she said, you know, I've been teaching at the school for however many years. And this year I have had the meanest group of girls. Like they just, I don't know that they're mean themselves, but all together in the same class, it was one dramatic thing after the other. And it, you know, but that being my oldest child, I didn't really know for sure. And so when we'd get all these emails about this dramatic thing and that dramatic thing, or we would get the blanket emails of like, this happened in class today, FYI for all the parents, but it wasn't necessarily like your child was involved. It was just like, oh, geez, this thing Mm -hmm. happened and everyone needs to be aware. And then the appropriate parties were contacted afterwards. So then I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, are we going to get that email or phone call? And then we never did. And I'd ask Danica what happened. And she'd tell me, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's nasty. That's some nasty stuff that's happening in second grade. That makes me want to not be in second grade because I would never want someone to look at me and say, don't, don't talk to me with that face of yours. Ugh. Right. That's mean stuff. Yeah. I don't. I at least once a week say to myself, I am not old enough <laughs> to deal with this <laughs> as a parent. Like, I just don't feel like I'm old enough, like, to deal with these things. And I feel so naive and then that is just a whole other 
thing I have to deal with. But I, it's so different now for our kids. Yeah. Growing up with social media. Yes. Is just, I think, the biggest difference that did not exist. The immediate feedback and all the noise that mm-hmm. they can get on any sort of topic, on anything, I think is really um, changed the way our children are um, growing up. Mm-hmm. Um the things that the self-talk that they get, the things that they're telling themselves, the things that they're seeing. Um, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's, as a parent, um, what do I do with this? Right. Because like you said, you're like, you know, I never would, ha- I never had that thought. So is it something <laughs> I'm doing? And I'm like, yeah. Not doing any of that. Like, I don't, I will go to the grocery store in a t shirt and shorts and no makeup. Like, I don't care, right? Like, I'm probably not going to run into anybody I know. And if I do, I mean, so be it. It's, it's your just, actual face. So yeah, there's no shame in that. But, but then when you're, you know, fourth graders, like, are you going to wear that? Yes. Oh, Why? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to wear it probably. And you can too. Right. Because nobody else, you know, needs to tell you. So, um, yeah, it's just a different place. And, and so, again, I think that's why it's so great to have women and other voices that you can um, talk with mm-hmm. in these times or people and friends in the same stage of life to be like, what? It's not that you all will have the same ideas. Right. But the conversation was what's so important. Because perspective, we can also just get so stuck in our own perspectives or feelings or views that you're sheltered in that, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's, there's power in that. Yeah. Too. In wisdom to learn, like, okay, you know, they've been through this. Maybe we could try that. Or at least, you know, just know you're not alone again. Mm -hmm. And do um, you have people that are with you through it, you know? Yeah. So. And I think probably the biggest learning for me, which hopefully this is helpful to someone else, is that I had to kind of relearn trust Yes. with women. And it's different than like tr- relearning trust in your marriage or with your kids or parents or whatever, uh, any of that stuff. It was that level of vulnerability being like, I kind of closed my heart off to this and I don't know where the key is. (laughs) So then just slowly reopening that part. And, and what's funny is I've had so many people tell me that I'm, I'm an open book. And I, I also say that too. I'll share anything and everything, but that doesn't mean that people who know a lot of the heavy stuff, are my people are really know me well, which, um, you know, good or bad. But I think about how with getting to the point where I am now and having just a tribe of women around me that required a lot of vulnerability and faith and also the flexibility to be told the hard stuff. And like, hey, when you do this, this hurts. Or also being able to say those things to a friend. Because I think for the longest time, it was easier for me to be like, I've got enough stuff on my plate. 
I don't want to have to say like, this hurt me because X, Y, and Z, or if they have a problem with, because I'm too blunt, or I say inappropriate jokes, or I'm morbid, and I make weird dead mom jokes, like all the things, <laughs> like if, if getting that feedback just sounded like a lot of work. And so it was easier for me to be dismissive of that and be like, then I'm fine. Like, why bother if mm-hmm. if all of that is going to lead to all of this stuff under the surface? And honestly, that was a lot of fear-based decision-making. But I'm also a very practical person, and I like to be efficient with my time. <laughs> and so I think that was a big element of it, too, because I'm like, that requires time of me. And not just not just time. It requires your emotions, and it requires your heart. And I I do remember too, uh, when I met my husband, I told him something about going to watch a movie by myself. And he was like, wait, what? Like by yourself? And I said, oh yeah, I did that all the time in high school. And he said, I have no knowledge of any high school female that I grew up with that would go to movies by herself. And I was like, I just got to a point where my heart was closed off and I had my guy friends. And I, I did have a couple female friends, obviously were wonderful, but it just was easier to be that loner and to label myself as that. And I will never forget this one time I was uh, before, because of course you can't go to a movie without having dinner. And in Western Kansas, let me tell you, the options are out of this world. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to dinner and I don't even know where it wasn't like McDonald's. No, you know how I feel about McDonald's. Ugh. I know, but in small towns, there's only, like, so many choices. Oh, like, yeah. McDonald's. Well, this was in Garden City. So, oh, it was okay. significantly, and is significantly bigger than Scott City, where I grew up. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, and Scott City didn't even have a McDonald's. We did for a short segment of my childhood. Jimmy, my brother, worked there for a little bit. And then it was gone. And then there was a Sonic, and it was gone. But now they have a Sonic again. So, it's just like, you know, yeah, you're right. Those little staple, like, Subway... Yes, Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, yeah, Subway and Pizza Hut, and there was a Mexican restaurant here and there, and then a Chinese place, so that was about it. But this was in Garden City, because we didn't have a movie theater, so I'd have to drive the 40 minutes to Garden and go to dinner by myself, and then, uh, you know, go to catch a movie. So I think it was like a steakhouse or a Mexican place, and I'm by myself, and I'm totally fine. And even to this day, in my mid-30s, I am totally fine going to a restaurant by myself. And I know it weirds a lot of people out, but I have never had an issue with that. I've never done that <laughs> in my life. And I remember when you told, told me that. And I was like, seriously? I've never gone to a movie by myself. And so I'm always like, maybe I should challenge myself to do that one day. But well, let's see. I don't know. A movie nowadays by yourself kind of creeps me out. A movie theater in general. So, just yeah. For really on <laughs> radar <laughs> maybe just start with like breakfast by yourself i don't know if you want to but uh i whatever restaurant it was i was sitting there and totally content and this is before you could even like open up netflix on your phone and pop in your headphones and watch something so it's just good by myself i look over and there's this table of probably i don't know 10 girls my age who are just laughing and having the best time and are just so delighted by each other's company. And there is not a single person at that table that appeared to be uncomfortable or left out. And I personally had not experienced that. And then I had this moment of like, well, that's just a facade. They're like friends. I'm doing air quotes right now, but they're like friends, but not 
friends. And so I felt like, well, that just seems unrealistic. And so that was uh, just a moment, an aha that I had in high school that I was like, well, that's not reality. So why aim for something like that? Because it's just going to lead to more hurt and betrayal and all this, like, especially when you're young and people tell you these things, like, this is why I can't be your friend, or this is why I'm done with you. And even the, even the lies you believe, and you can carry them with you for years that I, I'm not lovable. I'm, what was it? I, I'm aggressive and maybe even a little fake to a certain extent. And I had never, ever heard those things before. And I was like, you know, feedback, I think is very a healthy tool. But at the same time, when you do get feedback from women like that, and it's just hateful, it's not helpful, or even something to work with, like, uh, just give me something that's, that has substance that I can do something about. But it's kind of like the whole, your face sucks, and I hate it. <laughs> like, you, there's certain hallmarks of our personalities and who we are, like, that's, sometimes you get what you get. But at the same time, we can all strive to be better. We can all grow. We can all do better. But I just know a lot of those heavy, heavy things I carried for a long time. And I remember having a good conversation with my husband about it. And he was just like, you know, obviously, I didn't know you back then. And I can't speak to any of that. But what I can speak to is your character today. Mm -hmm. And I hate that you carried a lot of that negativity and those lies with you for so long. Because the way I see it, I don't see that stuff. And so, and again, this is a male perspective too, but gosh, it's just hard stuff. Yeah. Oh man. So, okay. We talked about having some, you know, work. I mean, this is a work in progress guys. So we'll see what happens, <laughs> but we talked about having some quick questions that we, we always want to end on uh, having like a quick fire round of just fun questions, whether it's with, whether it's just the two of us or guests. And at some point, if you ever have some ideas on some fun little like yes or no or quick answer questions, this or that, send them in. Yeah. Are things you want to know about yeah. us? Or yeah. Any of that What stuff. we would do with this. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, what was that in the paper when we were young? Dear Annie or dear, did you ever read that? Did you say Dorini? No. Dear, <laughs> dear Annie. Oh, was dear. Dear Annie. <laughs> What is that? Is that a Nebraska thing? No, it was it. It, it was, was a dear small town paper. Dear, it was in the small town paper. Yeah, like, but it was based out of New York, right? Yeah. Like a big. Was I mean, it Annie? Oh I know my. what you're talking about. Okay. Dear well, anyway, somebody, yes. there's something I thought it was. Well, anywho, uh, yeah, you know. So if there's anything you like, what would you guys do with this? Or what do you think about this? We'd love to hear it. Yeah. All right, so sports car or SUV? Uh, for me? Yeah, for okay. you. And ex- exclude, just for you. Don't even think about the fact that you're a mom. <laughs> I mean, you should think about I the fact that you're a mom. I think this would be in this, I don't really know what this is, but I would love a Porsche Panamera. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think white. Oh, I'm sure. That sounds very fancy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so, bougie. It, so that it probably is. Is it a sports car? Because I know that they make SUVs too. 
Uh, is it sad that we don't know? We don't know. <laughs> I would say it's a sports car. It's very fast. But see, it's efficient. It can fit four people. Oh, really? Because it's four-door. So. Oh, nice. Okay. I feel like it fits all the things. And like my husband that thinks he needs a Camaro mm. that can only fit two people. Yes. It makes no sense. Uh, okay. I think I, I just always been an SUV girl ever since I was getting my my learner's and my farmer's permit because, yes, that was what I had. Uh, I just always wanted an SUV. And the first car I ever, ever really wanted was a Jeep. And uh, to this day, I still have never owned a Jeep. But by golly, someday I, I will have a Jeep Wrangler at some point in my life. But, yeah, I've just always wanted it. I've just... I don't know. Maybe it's the it's probably the fear based part of my brain where my dad was very convicted of we're in Western Kansas. There's a lot of semis and combines and yes, all these he things. Needed to be up higher. Yeah, so he wanted yes, to be up higher, no, and that, that was here. a safety issue. So mm-hmm. then I think that's just like hardwired in my brain. Like, oh, I've got to be up a certain number of feet off the ground. So that's probably that for me. Yes. All right. Next question. Love it. Um, I'm really bad at this, Emily. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> totally nothing. All right. So, uh, mountains or beach? Beach. Yeah, me too. Um, let's see here. Would you rather go skydiving or scuba diving? Oh, I don't know if I could. Probably skydiving because I feel like somebody was just going to have to push me out of the plane. <laughs> scuba diving, I totally want to do, but I don't think I can, like, the breathing and all that, I just think I would freak out. It would not go well. So, I totally would rather do scuba diving. But realistically, which one I think I could follow through with? Somebody would probably have to push me out of a plane. So, if you had to pick one, it would be skydiving. Like, if you had to pick one to do, it, like, you have to follow through on it. You can't back out. It would be skydiving. No. Gosh, no. <laughs> I hate the fear. I, I don't like the feeling of falling <laughs> or driving fast. I am a wuss, guys. I can't do oh roller coasters. None of that is not me. So I would lo- I'd just do the scuba diving. Oh, man. I don't know. This is, uh, and of course, me asking this question is funny because I would probably be paralyzed to do either. So Jacob wanted to go scuba diving a couple years ago. It's one of uh, one of his connections is a very avid scuba scuba er. That's scuba probably Steve. Scuba. It is scuba Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we for our ten year anniversary this was several years ago we were at this resort where if you are scuba certified you can you can dive every single day for free up until what is it like more than twenty four hours until your flight because of all that stuff. I am convinced if I go scuba diving, I'm going to get the bends and I'm going to die. Like That is what's going to happen. And then conversely, if I go skydiving, 
I am going to get detached from my person or my parachute's not going to come out or I'm going to misunderstand the instructions just like I did with my surgery recently. And <laughs> it's going to go wrong and then I'm going to hit the ground real hard, which I guess if I have to die really fast, I would probably pick skydiving. <laughs> but I don't think that was the question. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I think we are at a good point to. Oh, wait. Chicken or beef? Oh my gosh! (laughs) (laughs) It took you that long! Yeah, sorry. You guys, Kelsey is quick. You are going to learn this. (laughs) So, fun little tidbit for everyone. I do not, this is Emily. I do not eat chicken. I haven't had chicken in. Since I was in high school, I'm pretty confident I have an allergy. Jacob is convinced, and others are convinced that it's all in my head. It's PTSD, I think. Uh, yeah. What if it's both, though? Probably not worth finding out. <laughs> right. So the last time I had it in high school, I was violently ill. And my cousin, who is my double cousin, also has an allergy to chicken. What's a double cousin? It's not incest. <laughs> So, if you can imagine two brothers marrying two sisters, like not their own sisters. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. there's two brothers over here and two sisters over here. Let's just say they're from different states to not muddy the waters and they're not related. And then the two older siblings get married and then the two younger siblings get married. That's exactly what happened. With- Seriously? Yes. Did you not know this? <laughs> I, I know. This. I knew the two older, but I didn't know the siblings then got married. Yeah, so and that makes them double cousins. Yeah, well, so they're kids. Yeah, so my dad and okay, well, let me back up. My uncle and aunt who live in Indiana, they got married first. They met each other first, and then when they had their oldest child, so not even at their wedding because my dad was in Vietnam then, and my mom I think would have been in high school. Which, anyway, sidestepping that. So, um. They, when they had their first child, they, everyone came to meet the baby. And this is my understanding and my story could be totally off, but they came to meet the baby in Scott City. And that's when my parents fell in love. Okay. But yeah, so I, it's just so funny because when, whenever I describe double cousins or my family, I get a lot of the quick eyes, like, that's gross. And I'm like, well, it's not incest. No. And it's not like... I mean, we talked about this yesterday, but there was this documentary on Amazon and these two adopted siblings got married. And I'm so grossed out by that because I have two adopted children and I'm like, Like, why would you marry your brother? That's nasty. Um, Anyway, so it's not that. But yeah, so she's my double cousin. So my aunt and uncle had two kids, and then there's the four of us, and they're our double cousins. But they're my cousins on either side of my family, on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so growing up when friends would say something like, oh, we're going to my mom's side for Christmas, I was like, well, isn't your mom's side your dad's side? Like, that just was such a foreign concept to me until, it probably wasn't until my oldest sister when she got married, and I was like, well, why isn't she with us at all holidays? Because isn't one side of the family the both sides? Which is now really sad that that was genuinely my perspective, and I didn't question how bizarre that was, but it's still not incest. <laughs> I think I've said the word incest like six yes, times. Yes, we, we cleared that. We got <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so anyway, she, uh, uh, my cousin, has a chicken allergy. 
So I am just going to hold tight to it's probably an allergy. I'm just not even going to try to dance with the chicken because I just don't want to do it. <laughs> so then my answer would be beef. Got it. And I'm 50-50. Oh. Yeah. I love it all. <laughs> I'm a Nebraska girl, so I yeah. have to say yes to beef. <laughs> and I love chicken, too. I was just thinking that in Western Kansas, like, um, and there's this big, uh, what is it? Is it a silo that says, eat beef, stay slim? And I I believed that for a long time. I mean, I, ugh. <laughs> it's obviously not fully true. <laughs> but um, just like that beef is such a staple in that, I mean, where you grew up and where I grew I up. So... We just bought a half a beef. <laughs> half a beef. <laughs> a cow. A cow. <laughs> I love it. We bought half a beef together. That's how it works. When you become friends and you start a podcast with a friend, you buy half a beef together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think this is probably a good uh, place for us to wrap it up for today. But. Yeah, so we are so excited that you are listening in and alongside this journey for us. This is a a lot of dreams coming to fruition and so exciting. And we just can't wait to see where this goes. So please, uh, you'll find us online. We'll tell you where later, but find us, follow us, share this with your friends and and communicate with us. Like, that's what that's what we want. we want. Like, we want to, we would love to know your stories. We would love to know if anything we talked about today resonated with you. And if you have any thoughts and further questions. questions. Yeah. yeah, like questions about, hey, you know, about the story we shared. Like, you have questions about it. We want to hear those, too. And we'll kind of start out the next time answering those, you know, and reaching out to that. So. Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to Ridiculously Imperfect. You can find us on Facebook at Ridiculously Imperfect, on Instagram at Ridiculously Imperfect Podcast, or at RidiculouslyImperfect.com. This podcast is produced by Emily Eaton and Kelsey Foster. Our sound engineer is Isaac Moreno with Kingdom Come Studios. Until next time... Keep Keep it ridiculously ridiculously imperfect. imperfect.